I'm Jen Schrader, and this is Behind the Springs, conversations with the people working for you in Colorado Springs, Olympic City, USA. The Olympic and Paralympic Games are right around the corner. The Winter Olympics begin Friday, February 4th and end on February 20th in Beijing, and the Paralympics run March 4th through 13th, and there are plenty of ways to get into the spirit around here. You can visit the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum. You can attend the Winterfest Celebration downtown. We'll talk more about that today, but um, first I want to welcome my guest. Uh, Carol Winger is a three, no, four-time Olympian. Is Am I right? Eight-time national track and field champion and American record holder in the javelin. Throw. Former American record holder, actually. Oh, um, just got Thank it. you. I held it for 11 years. It was a really, wow. good, really good run. Yep. A good run. Okay. Um, and you were selected by Team USA athletes to be the flag bearer during the closing ceremony at the 2020 uh, Olympics, which was an awesome honor, I'm sure. So thanks for thanks for being with us and giving us your time. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. I, I'm in my hometown now. I consider it. I've lived here for nine years. In oh, that's Springs. great. Yeah. Oh, we're so happy that it's your hometown. So tell us a little about yourself for people who are not familiar with you, your sport, um, the competition, and then also your Colorado Springs connection. Yeah. Well, I should also clarify, I just received the key key to the city of Vancouver, Washington, my actual hometown. So very special place in my heart. So we have a little competition. Yes. Okay. Um, (laughs) Healthy competition, just like being an athlete. Right. But uh, have lived the longest in my entire life in Colorado Springs. We moved a lot when I was little. So I just, I really, really, really love it here. It's great. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, So you've trained here yes mm-hmm. for nine years okay awesome and then tell us about the sport for people who are not familiar most people are not yes javelin is not an event in high school track and field in Colorado I would love to change that let yeah. me plug it now um, but it was where I grew up in Washington and I hold a 600 gram or 1.2 pound spear big giant metal toothpick um, in the middle on the handle, run, stop, and throw it as far as I can. Very objective, very measurable. Um, whoever throws the furthest wins. Okay. And you got into it in high school yes. about that age? or mm-hmm. Okay. My freshman year of high school, uh, on my 15th birthday, actually, I had my first ever javelin competition. I was in JV. I would have won the varsity, but nobody knew how talented I was, including myself. <laughs> Uh, and it has been a wild ride ever since. So I am 35 now. I've been throwing the javelin for 20 years, which is more than half my life. Wow. And you still love it? I do. I love it. Yeah, that's great. It's been quite a journey. Um, Two ACL surgeries, one left shoulder surgery, and the second ACL and my left shoulder um, were by Dr. Weinstein um, at the orthopedic center on the north end of town. So he's actually operated on my Colorado Springs local husband, Russ, a few times as well. And it was really strange to be going into a surgery, like trusting somebody local that, that much right? Um, with this very important appendage. So it has definitely not been an easy road, but um, I say it's absolutely okay for things to be hard and great at the same time. And I had a ton of potential. I think I've lived up to it to the best of my ability with all the injuries I've faced. So still loving it. This will be my final season, 2022. Oh, it will. Okay. So tell us about Tokyo. Um, a really unique Olympic Games for many reasons, positive and negative. Um, but tell us about and also being chosen um, to carry the flag. I have cried every time I've talked about this, so be prepared, listeners. Um, yeah, what's I, the process? So you're nominated by your your own your fellow athletes. Literally, my Team USA teammates from all walks, all sports chose me. Yeah, to carry the flag. So. 
Ooh, after so many years in the sport and like I said to them right before we went on the bus to go to closing ceremonies, in my disappointment, it has been an honor to witness their success. So yeah. for them to turn that around on me was just incredible. Um, I've always really taken solace in being able to support my teammates and, you know, circumstances beyond my control. I did my absolute best, like I've said, um, with all of those disappointments and just to be taken care of by every member of Team USA in that way was amazing. And that started out with being elected team captain for track and field, which was a first thing that I never thought in a million years would, would happen to me and for me, like by these incredible, diverse, talented, amazing women of track and field. And then because I was captain, I was submitted as flag bearer. Um, I truly think that being a resident of Olympic and Paralympic training centers for 12 years, the entirety of my professional career, played a big role in that. It's been such an honor to be around, you know, Olympians from every sport throughout every single year when they come into Ted Stevens at the training center um, to for a tune-up or for some training or high altitude work or whatever it is. Um, and to mix in all of my Paralympic friends from those same venues, kind of, you know, they weren't voting for me, but to have that community behind me was just an indescribable honor that I will never top in my entire life. And that's okay. That is awesome. Perfect, perfect bow on my Olympic experience. And you talk about disappointments. It's kind of hard for um, a regular person like me <laughs> when I'm introducing you as a four-time Olympian. But talk about what are some of those challenges and obstacles that you've faced as yeah. an athlete. So we all know that the Olympics only happen every four years. I mean, some people don't for everyone listening. Yes, they only happen <laughs> they every four, happen every unless four there's years. a pandemic and then <laughs> things get switched around. And then it's five. And you asked about Tokyo in general. Um, being elected flag bearer by my peers was even more powerful because of the COVID Olympics that Tokyo was. Mm -hmm. uh, my family has always been there. My parents have been to every Olympics besides Tokyo. They had tickets. They had to get them refunded when they weren't allowed to go, blah, blah, blah. But what that turned into was this insulated experience with your team. Mm -hmm. So you know, usually there's sponsor activities and parties and everyone's leaving all the time and there's so many different directions that you're pulled in. So to be truly just like watching teammates on the TVs in our building in the village together um, and on the bus and having just all of this really important community time after a year and a half of social distancing and isolation was really, really powerful, incredible. And I am really grateful I had that different Olympic experience. Yeah, that's really nice. Yeah. Um, okay, so back to your challenges. What were some of the biggest challenges yes. that so, you faced and, and felt like that was something that you overcame at in Tokyo? Yeah, so I, and I totally understand, like going to four Olympics, I'm extremely proud of it. Yes. I really wanted to make an Olympic final. That never happened. But the piece I really had, it was very deep. The surface level was pain and <laughs> sadness mm -hmm. when I didn't make that fourth final. But like really understanding that that was okay, that I know I did my best with my circumstances was the piece that I felt and have definitely come to in the months since Tokyo. Um, I, in each of my Olympic ex appearances, had a different left knee situation. So in Beijing, I had my original ACL. In London, I had no ACL because I tore it at Olympic trials. Oh, in Rio, I had my original replacement ACL, like my own patella graft into that knee. And then in Tokyo, because I tore it 
three days before what would have originally been the original Tokyo dates, I had my second cadaver graft ACL. So four different times, just terrible timing. Um, the Olympics only happen once every four years and you hope that you're gonna be in the best shape of your life when they roll around. I feel like I got that opportunity the first time, but I was too young to take full advantage of it and just inexperienced. Um, I know yeah. to get to get the perfect level of experience yes. along with perfect health is pretty hard. Right. And, right. you know, I I will forever say it like I I didn't it didn't occur to me that that is what had happened, that my left knee had been different each time until I was like on my way to Tokyo because um, that healing process. I was 11 months post-op in Tokyo, which. Uh, my PT extraordinaire at the USOPC here in uh, Colorado Springs, Kelsey Whitman, fantastic person, was definitely like one of my most important friends in that recovery process. And as a medical professional, for her to tell me that this recovery was miraculous was very confidence boosting um, and just a real point of pride to even get there. So when I say disappointment, I'm talking about medals, but everything I've experienced outside of the podium, because I haven't been there, um, has been so, so, so worth all of the effort. Because regardless of that, I mean, you're still representing the United States, you're representing Colorado Springs too. And yeah. that's gotta be just such a, such a feeling. Yeah. And for yeah. me, being able to whittle down who that is that you're representing has always been important. The entire country is like too big of a thing for me. And so, uh, I've gotten better at, um, kind of compartmentalizing that in my mind, but right at first, like it was just too much. It was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So, uh, having been here for nine years, having the community at the CSO PTC, um, and really, you know, everyone in town, my neighbors, I love my neighbors. I had COVID a few weeks ago and they're all like, tell me what you need from the grocery store. And yeah. uh, they, they saw me train for the Olympics. Um, in 2020, like in the street and in the backyard and on our paths, like the Briargate trails uh, in our neighborhood. And it was just such a cool thing for that support to continue, you know, even though they all know that I'm not going to another Olympics, like to be able to whittle down who exactly you are representing when mm -hmm. you're on that giant, giant stage. And just helpful. and just uh, being a role model, too, you know, for young track and field athletes coming up, too. I mean, you got to be considering that. That's really special for them to be watching that. And especially someone who's from their own state or from their own city um, means a lot. So tell us about Winter Olympics. I know when you're, you know, there's different camps, the summer and the Winter Olympics. Do you have a favorite winter sport that you like to watch? Um, Olympics or Paralympics? Or just what are you most excited to watch this games? Well, I am very excited that it's in Beijing. It feels like a real full circle thing. That was my first summer Olympics. Yeah. And it being the first city that will have both winter and summer is pretty cool. Um, the bobsledders trained here for a while, back like circa 2014, 2015, and got fairly friendly with them. Like my husband and I had everyone over for um, a grill Oh, so you situation. know them. So, yeah. yeah. So that's fun. Um, but fun. one of my favorite athletes that I'm going to be watching really closely this time is Andrew Blazier, who is a skeleton athlete. So this is his first Olympic team, but he went to Idaho, which is my husband's alma mater. Okay. So skeleton is the one face where down, face down. Yes. Oh, that's so scary. Oh my yeah. gosh. I know, but wow. it's actually not the fastest. Luge is the fastest. Luge. Okay. Cause they're on blades, but Andrew is really great. And he 
was a track and field athlete also and then transitioned to skeleton. And so oh. he's done a lot of coaching. He's been really, you know, impactful in a lot of young athletes' lives in track as well and was just such a fun, fun person to train around in the training center here. So uh, I'm pumped for him. He's That's really cool really to great. know these people and faces when you see them on TV. Yeah. So um, speaking of getting to know athletes, you too can get to know athletes. Um, anyone can here, which is why it's so great that we're Olympic City USA. So we've got the Winterfest celebration coming up um, downtown uh, Saturday, February 5th. And I assume you're attending, right? I you're will be there. be there. I okay. will be at the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Museum. I get to be part of the torch relay. So I've nice. carried a flag. Um, and now I get to carry a torch. I have some experience in this area as I've gotten to be part of really cool kind of demonstrations at the training center for um, most notably the 50th anniversary of the Mexico City Olympic team. Oh, they came to visit? And, yes, oh, nice. um, in 2018. So that was a really, really fun thing and probably my most high pressure torch relay so far, but I'm ready for Saturday. For Saturday. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Saturday's 11 to 5. Anyone can come. It's free. Um, you know, I just want to encourage our listeners to come check it out. Um, and especially a good excuse to come check out the museum if you haven't already. Um, demonstrations, live music, just just a good time in general. Um, and a great excuse, um, you know, just to create some excitement leading up to the games. I mean, it's so strange to have them right away like this because we usually have this break. Yes. Um, but it's kind of fun. Yes. And I mean, every summer Olympian is just so grateful that those games were postponed rather mm. than canceled. And I just I want to truly sure. commend USOPC employees like across the board for pulling this off mm -hmm. um, to be the team behind the team with two Olympics, eight months you know, apart, it's not a even lot that, of work. Is, is wild. And it's, it's really interesting to me to watch how busy they've been at the training center, really um, planning for all that stuff. Because Tokyo had a lot of hoops. Um, Beijing, I think, has more. And all of that work, people just don't get to see behind the scenes. Um, but it's absolutely essential for athlete success. So And so much of it's happening here, which is really neat. We can be proud of these people that, yes. well, I mean, now they're not here. Now they're on their way, probably. But Oh, they're um, there. They've been there for there. days. And they had to quarantine and do all these things. And yeah, so a lot of protocols to follow. Many tests, them. many, um, many backup masks. Right. A lot of masks. Yes. Yeah. So what's next for you in terms of you said this is your final season. What are the competitions coming up for you and what what happens next? So we have a world championships uh, for track and field in the U.S. for the first time in like the history of the modern world championships, like the way oh. that it is. Yeah. So I have to qualify. But that final hopefully uh, world championship team is in Eugene, Oregon, which is only two hours south of where I grew up. Oh, and great. it's just always been the meet that I knew would cap off my career um, to, you know, imagine taking my shoes off on that runway in front of my family and, you know, so many friends that always make the trip to Olympic trials, which it's in Eugene every is single time. Is that the time. symbolic thing to take your shoes off? Yes. Oh, okay. I think it's a mostly wrestling thing, but okay. I've seen track people do it and I'm all excited about it. Yeah. Although it takes me a long time to get them off, so I might right. not. They're I have just to gonna plan no. It. They're just gonna have to wait. It's I'm your moment. Practice. <laughs> yeah, um, and hopefully, I want to compete as much as possible this year. Um, yeah. I actually made my coach for the last four years is an incredible woman, Dana Lyon of the U.S. Air Force Academy, and she transformed my international career. Especially, it was such a great experience with her. Um, but because of my knee and a lot of different things, I I missed my husband in track and field, and we. 
we were athletes together for 10 years of our relationship, the first 10 years. And now, you know, we've been married for seven. Uh, we've been together for 15. And for the last six years since he retired, I just really missed being around the world with him and sharing this part of my life with him. So he is going to coach me for my final season. Oh, nice. And it's truly just a victory lap. I want to have an absolute blast and spend this time with him as really a transition into the rest of our lives as well. So uh, that's a thing I'm really excited about this year. And it just kind of it changes how I approach stuff. Like this is a person who knows absolutely every part of me and uh, can support me in the highs and lows, which is what he's always, always done. And that's truly what I need after a really difficult 2021, a really yes. wonderful one in a lot of ways. But um, yeah, hard, I just want to make it as fun as possible. Yeah, hard in so many ways, yeah. right? And um, what about um, when is Eugene happening? Like what's the timeline? It is the for... last couple of weeks of July. Okay, um, so you've so... got some, a little bit of time. Yeah, but that's actually much, not, not much earlier, but a little bit earlier than a typical world championships would be. So the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I So I'm glad time. you're getting over COVID and yes. you've got that out of the way. I have all the antibodies. Uh, I work full time as well for a company called Parities. So I work from home. We serve the women athlete community globally. And we're um, on a mission to close the massive sports sponsorship pay gap that exists. Mm -hmm. Um, Excellent. So, yeah, between genders. Um, And it's it's very rewarding. Uh, Last year I had this full-time job. I was coaching an athlete at the prep school. I worked um, volunteer positions with AACs. And I was healing from surgery. So I'm very happy to only have two full-time jobs and really like give. Yeah, just whittle it down to two. (laughs) So much more attention to this (laughs) final season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that's exciting. And then one day you'll just have one job. What will you do? You'll be so bored. I don't know. My my supervisor at work really wants me to write a book. So, Oh, that would be nice. And then you'll come back and talk about it. Yes. Okay. I'm very much resistant to the idea right now, but it could be really fun. It could be fun. Yeah. I quite enjoy the, the few speaking opportunities I've been able to have um, locally, definitely with schools and through the training center. Uh, so transforming that to a book. Uh, yeah. People tell me it's more relatable to not be a medalist than to be a medalist. So. Probably true. I would I say probably true. Do my best to translate. But honestly, um, we're just so lucky to have you here representing Colorado Springs. And it sounds like doing great work Thanks. for women in sports, for um, our city, and just on behalf of this great place. So thank you. Thank you. I I truly awesome. love it here. I've decided recently. This is home. Yes, that yes. I am definitely a mountain person. I always thought I was a water person, but I love the mountains. Yes, you can go visit the water. Mm-hmm. And just stay here. And I did. I lived at my parents' house for six weeks in the fall, which was a great experience. But as soon as I drove into sunshine again, yes, away from Washington, I came alive. And I just, like, I, I need really the sun. Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, that's for sure. So, well, thank you. And thanks for um, being at Winterfest. That'll be a really good time for everybody. So I encourage everyone, follow Olympic City USA on Facebook and Instagram. And that's where we're going to highlight athletes who live and train here. And we're going to give fun facts about the games. It's just a great place um, to follow. And, of course, you know, watch the games on NBC. Um, And we'll also be sending out lots of details about Winterfest this week. And um, even after Winterfest is over, there's plenty you know, plenty to talk about all throughout the games and then the Paralympic games as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. I'm excited for it. So thank you so much, Kara. And thank you everyone for listening. Of course, follow her on social media as well, right? They can follow you all the way through your 
grand finale. Right. My, and when you take your shoes off, they'll say, oh, I know what that my means. My transition. Yeah. I'll have someone <laughs> film the entire process of untying the shoes. We'll time it. You're going to have to practice. And, I know. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I'm mostly my, my media, social media handles are at Kara throws jav. Um, so that's J A V. A lot okay. of people don't know how to spell javelin. So J A V E L I N. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. I passed the test. Very good. All right. Thanks for joining us for behind the springs and we'll see you next time. Everybody. Thank you.